From Connext Media, this is Atlanta Born and Brand. I'm your host, Jonathan Hilliard. Atlanta Born and Brand is a show all about businesses that are being built right here in the capital of the South. But more importantly, it's a show about their founders. We wanted to find some of the city's most interesting entrepreneurs and creators, hear about their challenges, successes, and how they built a brand that will last. Maybe most importantly, we want to introduce these founders, brands, and businesses to the city they live in, their neighbors, to make sure Atlanta and those brands that call it home can thrive for generations to come. If you walk around the city these days, there seems to be a newfound pride in all things Atlanta. From the music scene to the local sports teams and certainly local brands, ATLians are embracing the culture of the city in a big way. And what better way to show pride than on a t-shirt? Brian Rohr grew up in Alpharetta, and despite finding his way to California after college, he saw an opportunity to pay homage to his hometown in a unique way. And almost by accident, he's created a brand that thousands in this city can resonate with. This is the story of Coast to Coast Tees. When I first was in college, like I was on the pre-med track, yeah. so that's how I ended up uh, working in some environmental stuff as I was a biology major okay. at University of Georgia. Um, so, you know, I, I think I've followed that path, not really knowing where it was going to take me. I never ended up going the med school route. Sure. Um, when I was going to do a grad program at uh, Emory before I moved to California, it was going to be an anesthesia program, um, not directly with med school, but like a, an additional program that they had. Yeah. Um, and so, you, uh, you spent kind of your formative years around Metro Atlanta. Yeah. yeah. So I grew up in Alpharetta, um, you know, went to high school at Milton up there. Um, and then, you know, had university of Georgia in Athens. And then when I came back, I lived in Metro Atlanta. Gotcha. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not a, a zone six guy by any means, but, um, you know, I definitely, uh, grew to love Atlanta and, uh, you know, when I was born in upstate New York and, um, when we used to watch, you know, America's team was on, you know, TBS at that point. And yeah. like, I was never a Mets fan. I was never a Yankees fan. I was always a Braves fan. <laughs> um, so when we ended up moving to Atlanta, I was like super stoked as a little kid about yeah. it. Yeah. So tell me, uh, you, you go, you're kind of on that pre-med track and then you, you graduate. Tell me about those first couple of years after graduation. What, uh, what directions were you pointing in? And, oh, and man. How did that get worked out? Um, I didn't, I mean, honestly, I, it's funny to just think about how I've gotten to this point, but I mean, when when I graduated college, it was uh, 2007. Um, so obviously, those years were kind of difficult, you know, in yeah. terms of economic downfalls and you know right. bubbles bursting and whatever. Um, so I actually worked at a bunch of restaurants around Atlanta. Um, at one point, I then after I was working at restaurants and I finally got a grown-up job, um, I worked at an environmental testing lab that was like right inside the perimeter. Okay. Um, worked there for a number of years, and then I worked for an environmental consultant actually out of Duluth. Um, so worked there, and um, that was before I ended up moving to California uh, in 2012. Um, okay. So I've been in California for about what six years or so yeah and the, and what took you to california um a girl who i was dating long distance at that point um who is now my wife so it yeah. actually did work out congrats thank you congrats. um so yeah i mean i think every time i tell somebody that i moved to california for a girl it's like ooh, all right mm. you know whatever but like <laughs> it did actually work out you're one of the few that's got a good good ending yeah yeah, yeah for sure so um and she's from atlanta okay um she's from marietta 
went to University of Georgia. Um, so we basically all like all four of our parents still live here. Um, my sister lives here. Her sister lives here. So we still have a lot of roots in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, we're just kind of playing the California game for a while. Sure. Did you uh, do you look back now? I think a lot of uh, kind of entrepreneurial types look back at their childhood and they see these little hints of like that self-starter like entrepreneurial spirit that maybe they didn't know what it was at the time do you have things like that that kind of you remember from growing up maybe um maybe just more so like when people like ask me if i'm a graphic designer like by (laughs) trade i'm certainly not you know i'm I'm still very self-taught at adobe illustrator um and you know never really used a mac until i started making t-shirts um but i mean like in high school we had a habitat for humanity club and like i was the one who ended up making the t-shirts and like i mean at the time time I guess I never really thought about that um but and I I mean honestly like you're saying you know when I look back on it it's like and I was even talking to folks about this earlier today is I never really figure out how I got to where I'm at you know Mm -hmm. and it's just kind of a you know new thing every day and everything seems to be changing you know daily so so um, you so you get to California and are you, you still working in uh, kind of the environmental sector? Yeah, right and then there? I was working like environmental slash healthcare. So okay. when I went out there, I was first not even looking to stay for a long term. Right. Um, I was only going to be there for three months and then come back to Atlanta. Um, and now it ended up working out that, you know, once I was out there, I was like, I, I like it out here. You sure. know, the weather's nice. And, um, <laughs> my girlfriend at the time, wife now, her job in production was keeping her, um, in California or okay. in Los Angeles at that time. Um, and then once I found a job, it was kind of, you know, just makes sense. Go with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Pays the bills. So how does, what starts to churn that, uh, that this whole kind of separate, career path kind of uh starts uh rearing its ugly head for you so she there's a there's a um an art school out there uh called otis that's in los angeles and so she decided to start taking like some continuing education classes and do some other stuff and she started to get into uh letterpress which is what her business is she has a business called swell press now um which is also very Instagram driven um, in terms of marketing and and that type of stuff. So when she had started doing that, I found there's a community shop in downtown Los Angeles that you could get a $150 Groupon class and come learn with that guy and start to do screen printing. And then if you did the Groupon class, then you're able to rent space from them. So it's kind of like a, they call it a community print shop. Yeah. Um, and I actually still utilize them from time to time, just like nice. on some new ideas and stuff like that before I put like an investment into buying some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, I'll go up there and still print and they have, you know, days that you can just sign up for and you can work there five days a week if you want. <laughs> and so what was the first, uh, was it, you know, a light bulb in your head like, oh, I'm going to start doing this. Or did you just do one and then things kind of So I just did off. one and that's actually, now, now that you're jogging that memory, that's how I ended up going to the shop to actually learn about screen printing because I wanted to make this shirt. Uh, it was an Atlanta, ba- Atlanta Braves like kind of base shirt because they yeah. were going to be coming to town. Um, 
to play the Dodgers. And I ordered this shirt from, um, or ordered shirts from a place in downtown LA. Basically, I got the runaround from these guys in downtown LA. And essentially, like, I ended up with a shirt. It wasn't exactly what I wanted, but then I realized that I had no idea what I was asking for. Um, And so sometimes when you go to these places, they're like, you know, if they realize that it's somebody who doesn't know what they're doing and they're only getting like three dozen shirts, like, whatever they make for you is what you get. Um, so at that point, um, outcast was coming back to Atlanta for at last, um, when they did those three shows at Centennial Olympic park and Georgia was playing Tennessee that weekend. Um, so that's where like one of the first shirts came from and I brought a backpack full of them and was just, you know, slanging them to buy tickets to different stuff. And what was on those first shirts? Um, there was one that had Todd Gurley on it, uh, (laughs) that I sold up at Georgia. Um, and then there was another one that has the lyrics from, uh, AT aliens, fish and grits and all that. How are you marketing the, that first batch? Is it just you're, you're selling them like outside the gate? How did that go? Um, I tried to do like pre-orders online, like yeah. in a very unsoph- unsophisticated manner as opposed to what I'm doing now, which is still pretty unsophisticated. But um, I was hitting people up on Facebook and being like, hey, you know, this is what I'm trying to do. I can send you a PayPal invoice, um, you know, yeah. whatever. And just reaching out to folks in my social circle that sure. I knew were, you know, friends and family type yeah, 100%. Yeah. And so it was kind of just like, hey, this is something that I'm going to try and start doing. Um, yeah. you know, there was no plan for it at that point, and so then it was just, you know, anybody who said cool was like great, and then everything else I just packed in a bag and brought with me. Nice. So the was the response good to that first batch? It was okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that the, the, well, yeah, it was okay. And I mean, but I think that like, you know, it was one of those things where it was like, I guess maybe one of the first light bulb moments that says like, as opposed to making a shirt that maybe just says Atlanta on it or just yeah. says Outcast, which you probably shouldn't even be doing that right. in the first place. Right. Um, if you got really specific and, you know, I call it esoteric or, you know, whatever, if you get you know, you really go down that rabbit hole that when sure. people see it, you know, their eyes light up and it's like, it's one of those, like, if you know, you know, type situations yeah, where you it's take like, it down another layer. Yeah, for good. sure. Yeah. And I, and with so much stuff, there's just so much stuff right mm-hmm. now, you know, there, you can buy, I mean, you can make anything you want on Etsy or you can make them, you know, through a different like t-shirt thing online or something like that. Sure. But in order to like really stop people in their tracks, I think that you have to get kind of specific like that and really hit that, you know, that nerve with folks. Right. So you're basically paying, you're trying to pay for that trip with these Paying t-shirts. for the trip with these t-shirts. Yeah. yeah. And so at that point, um, I think... I mean, I was printing those for sure. That that I think the Fish and Grits shirt was the first one that I ever printed mm-hmm. my actual self. Um, and then after that response, I mean, that was um, the community print shop that I was using. They had hours from, you could be there from like four until seven in the afternoon or something like okay. that. So I was doing outside sales at that point. So when yeah. I was near downtown LA, I would just like figure out a day and try and get a pre-order going and then just hop in the shop and print as much sure. as I can and, you know, just kind of go from there. Did you just have to learn kind of everything in that little shop or were you watching YouTube videos or did you have friends kind of that had done it? How were you, how are you acquiring the knowledge, I guess, to, to start doing it? Watching YouTube videos, maybe. Um, yeah. The guy who owns the shop is like a super nice guy, has become nice. one of my good friends. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he was very, you know, instrumental in, you know, helping me figure these things out for sure mm-hmm. um, and just kind of providing some guidance. But like, I'm a huge advocate of like, 
try, fail, like learn something sure. from that sure. and whatever. And so like, I tend to get a lot of questions now that's like, and I, I mean, these are great questions to like talk about, but like I get, you know, DMs on Instagram that are like, Hey, you know, how do you do this? How much yeah. is this going to cost? How quickly can I expect to make money? You hmm. know, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, for the most part, I love to like interact with people, especially other people who are trying things right. and then it doesn't work for them. But like, you know, kind of like figured it out by putting my feet to the fire sure. and like, you know, I ruined sure. a lot of t-shirts, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, it's as, as simple as some of the prints are, you know, actually getting a straight print on a shirt and like yeah. getting everything to go right and whatever, you know, it gets easier over time. But in the beginning, mm -hmm. I mean, I threw out a lot of stuff and sent probably a lot of crooked prints to my friends just as <laughs> like here, you know, wear this out and see sure. what happens. So how do you go from, I guess printing shirts to pay for a trip to the thought that, okay, maybe this is something I'll just do, whether it's on the side or like as, as the thing that I do. For sure. Yeah. Um, I guess, you know, it's just, it was, it's big word of mouth. Um, yeah. everything like, not that I haven't done, you know, Facebook advertising or, you know, whatever else, but in terms of, you know, the best way that I've seen that works is really, you know, having somebody wear the shirt out and somebody else stops them and they say, where do you get it from? Sure. Um, and that's where the name of Coast to Coast T is, you know, C2CT is so difficult to say to people. Cause you're like, you're like, see like the letter or like, yeah. see like, you know, the ocean, like whatever. And like, <laughs> I'll be honest, like I truly don't even like the name Coast to Coast T's. Uh, it just came out because that's, it, it made sense. sense. Right. Um, and it definitely made sense at that point in time. But, um, you know, in terms of like, making branded stuff that says that there's still, I don't even think there's ever been a shirt that says Costa Costis on the front or something like that. You know, it's really just been more about the different content that's on the shirts. Yeah. And, you know, I guess specifically with events going on, like I like to try and stay relevant or, you know, if something comes sure. up or Trump come up with like a novel idea or something, but like, I'm not trying to be like, flash in the pan and no offense to barstool sports or bleacher reporter and you know any of those guys because they're making a ton of money making t-shirts but sometimes with like a two-week turnaround by the time you get somebody that shirt if it's just a flash in the pan idea right. it's like i don't even remember that meme that you're yeah. talking about you know right. and it's like that i mean that's just the, the environment that we live in with now. the possible exception of acuna matata because I, I mean, <laughs> let's hope that's not a flash in the pan. i agree right? with that for sure for sure <laughs> brian's first couple t-shirts did well but for a lot of small businesses, sometimes success depends on a make-or-break moment. Does the moment pass by, or does the business owner recognize it and capitalize on the opportunity? For Coast to Coast Tees, that opportunity came in what turned out to be one of the city's most painful memories in decades. So for Super Bowl 51, oh. uh, yeah, sorry to bring that up. Um, but we had I had been watching... Um, I guess the championship games on that Sunday the week before yeah. um, and a graphic came up on the screen that had the LI and I had done you know some ATLian stuff before and I was like oh well you know if you throw ATLians on the front of the shirt make the LI a different color like right. put it on a red shirt make it you know black and white um, you know that could work and so I put together it had to have been like clip art or like something you know I, I made something in Adobe Illustrator and dragged it over and put it on top of a mock-up and I remember my wife saying like you know do you think you're gonna sell a bunch and I was like I mean I don't really don't know like yeah. we'll find out you know see how it does and like even if I sell enough just to pay for mine like it'd be cool sure. to have that um, and that one ended up just I remember waking up the next day and it 
exploded. Um, and at that point in time, American Apparel had just gone out of business. So finding red t-shirts from American Apparel became this like huge issue. Um, and I, I mean, I ended up working out, but that was one where it was like, all right, I have to outsource this to somebody else to print it so that I'll be able to ship all these to get them in time for right. the game. Um, so I think there's been a couple like pre-order ones, but that was definitely like the biggest one that like, you know, people just yeah. responded to. For so sure. you, you had to get that design out to a printer and get it shipped and delivered in a, a two week time span, basically. That one was probably like three to four days. Wow. Um, and if like, you know, some of those, uh, the time frame stuff, that's why I, I, I hate playing in that space. Right. Um, or I don't hate it. I like it. Um, but you know, that's tough. It's tough. Yeah. And you know, that's, the, and that's the thing is that any one thing can go wrong in that entire spread, um, you know, whether it's stuff getting shipped to me, being dropped off somewhere, yeah. you know, the shipping back here. I mean, I do a ton of shipping with USPS and like, you know, stuff will fall off the map and then pop back up two weeks later. <laughs> it'll circle the country for a while or yeah. whatever. So um, the time frame thing, you know, it's definitely that's something that I think has been a learned part of the business or learned both on my side and the side of the consumer, which yeah. is, you know, I'm trying to be as small waste as possible. Sure. I'm trying not to have tons and tons of inventory because that's how the business started is I would print 50 of a single shirt and then I would be left with extra smalls and three X's. Yeah. And so that piece of it, when I turn to basically pre-orders only, or essentially every order you place is a pre-order mm -hmm. and then a shirt gets delegated to a specific print or whatever yeah. else, you know, asking for two weeks, like, sorry for the people where it's been more than two weeks, but you know, it's yeah. getting faster than that. Um, but you know, we're just in this mentality, which I am too of, you know, big business, like Amazon prime and whatever, sure. getting you stuff Instant next day for yeah. sure. Um, so, you know, it's kind of in the beginning, that was not like a learning thing, but it's always like the first time somebody buys a shirt from me, they really, not that they don't know what to expect, but even if you say 10 times on a website and add it to the invoice that gets sent to them and whatever, that this is going to be two to three weeks, yeah. there's, that's just not normal right. in 2019. And so, <laughs> you know, the second time, like they understand that, but it's always, you know, there's always the first email, Hey, I ordered this two, three days ago. I yeah. haven't gotten shipping confirmation. Where is it at? And like, I understand that. And I try to be you know, empathetic to it as sure. much as possible. Um, and explain to people again, you know, it is a small business. <laughs> I am doing all the prints. I am doing all the shipping. You know, there's just some things that can and can't be done. Is that something, uh, were you looking at your early kind of repeat order rates and worrying about that and kind of feeling like you had to train your customer base to kind of what the whole nature of the business is? I guess so. And I think yeah. that um, really, Instagram as a whole has helped that um, because even if it's not a post, if it's stories, you know, you can kind of, if, if a person has ordered and they see that you're printing or that you're doing something, you know, that kind of can like placate people for a yeah. couple days. Um, but it also helps to show that side of the process. You know, if there was no process to show and it was just me, you know, deciding I'm going to make a shirt and then showing you a picture of a big box of them that I'm shipping off or, you know, a big box of them that arrived at my house that somebody else had done. Yeah. I think it kind of loses a little bit of its allure, I guess. Sure. Um, and, you know, people are extremely supportive of the small business side of things for <laughs> sure. Um, so, I mean, I was worried about repeat business, I guess, but hopefully, you know, they were going to get 
what it is that they like. Right. I mean, even at this point, I don't have a return policy on my website. And I think in terms of like orders that have been sent out, like I might have like five where people are like, I don't like this shirt. I don't like what you did. I want my <laughs> money back. And for the most part, I'm just like, Here, here's your money, here's back. Your money back. Hang on to the t-shirt find somebody else who would like it. Sure. And then hopefully a customer spawns out of that or something like Interesting. that. Interesting. Um, yeah. But I mean, we're all competing for limited space, you know? And in the beginning yeah. it was, I want a hundred likes on a photo, you know, cause it's all about the likes and whatever. Sure. And now I'm like, I, I don't care if I get two likes. I hope that people are actually going to the website and buying those things. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of more, obviously I've settled more into being comfortable with myself. Um, yeah. And I try to tell like a true story. Like I've been asked to do Southwest Atlanta shirts and like <laughs> I don't do that because I don't know anything about that. Sure. And it does seem pretty insincere. Um, and even with like, you know, the Atlanta based stuff, I still try and show it from my perspective on it or yeah. whatever. Um, so this latest one that has um, the Marta floor on the pocket. <laughs> I, mean, I was riding on Marta and I took the, the, the floor picture on the pocket is came from my phone. So yeah. like, you know, that's just like things that, you know, they end up coming up. And that's another thing is that, um, you know, just putting, having Instagram and being able to kind of like read into those things and, you know, sure. post gauge something. Audience, yeah, yeah. Gauge the audience. And again, I don't think that the, I think those are, I, I, I went on some rant the other week about this, that they're buying signals not actually buyers because that, you know, and I think that that's not like a dangerous road that we go down, but at times, like if you're that small business owner and you post a photo of something that you might want to make and you get like a hundred comments that say want, need, must have, must cop, like all these things that people say, like if you ordered based on that, I think you'd be sitting on a lot of inventory sure. because it's, it's about getting that person from the Instagram post to actually go buy it. Um, and so that's where, you know, this idea of exclusive inclusivity comes from, which is, you know, for some of the t-shirts, it's a 72 hour sale or a 48 hour sale. Right. So you can buy as many as you want during that time period, but you have to do it during that time period. Because like, if I'm going to do a full batch, especially if it's a four or five color t-shirt or like something like that, like you need to have a sizable number of things just based on the fixed cost of what goes into the printing, yeah. you know, setting up a five color print or setting up a four color print, not only costs money, but it takes a lot of time cause it's all done by hand. Sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I think everybody in that small business space that's utilizing social media to sell stuff probably feels the same way. And I've gotten a lot of feedback from people that, you know, they feel the exact same way about it. Yeah. Exclusive inclusivity. Brian was essentially creating a feeling of a special edition, custom, limited edition product without actually limiting the number of people who could buy the shirt. Social media was the rocket fuel that helped Coast to Coast Tees shed the restraints of being located thousands of miles from most of its target audience. Using multiple platforms, a community of loyal followers grew, all waiting for that next drop. It started as, uh, it started on Facebook. Um, and then, you know, for me, just kind of interpreting, um, the way that people go on to the apps and stuff like that, it just seemed like Instagram was definitely more visually driven. So mm -hmm. it just seemed like a quicker, easier way to get that yeah. information out to people. Um, but that's, you know, it's still, um, you know, 
changing daily, you know, on those things. But again, I think that sometimes people, especially small business people get tied up in like making sure that they're, you know, keeping people happy or like doing these things. And like, again, I'm certainly not even remotely close to where I would take, like to take the business or where I would like to, you know, for this to continue to go. But I think I'm just more comfortable in saying like, if I try and do something that's not me, it's going to be super easy to see or super transparent for other people. So like now it's just put out content or put out things that I like. And I think that now there's just kind of become this core group of folks. And again, there's a lot of return business um, from folks who have just bought one. And I mean, there's people, there's a handful of people that have to have 20 plus shirts right now, which is great. You know, their closet probably looks a lot like mine. Um, (laughs) but it's just, you know, I think that the more I've been honest, the more I've been sincere and especially the more I've been honest, uh, about the fact that this was a side hustle that has, you know, is still growing into a full-time business. Um, you know, I think that that's people just like that, you know, and, and they, they like to, when they're wearing a shirt and somebody asks where it's from, they like to be the person who tells other tells folks where it comes. Yeah. And, that, and same thing with the pre-order stuff. People love to say, I got this. You might or might not be able to get it. <laughs> and it's like, well, where do I go to maybe or maybe not right. get it? And then, you know, I mean, the conversation continues there. But, I mean, it just seems like a lot of good conversation, especially between folks who may generally not have conversation with one another in a public space, just tend to, like, find each other and, you know, have that conversation. Um, and that's really why there, it doesn't really ever say coast to coast or C2CTs like on the shirt itself. Because like, I think if they're in line behind you at Starbucks or if you're at the bar and whatever else, and like, they see that on the back of the shirt, like they might have a look at it. Um, and I definitely, I guess could grow followers that way. But if you walk up to somebody and you're like, where did you get this t-shirt? I have to have it in my life you know, whatever, like that person, not as a guaranteed buy, but they're going to go to the website and they're going to look around and, you know, probably end up buying some stuff. That word of mouth is more valuable than a two second look at a logo. Basically, Yeah. And more than getting it on somebody who's a quote unquote influencer, definitely the core group is in Atlanta or in the state of Georgia. Um, but I think the interesting thing is to see people popping up across the U.S. who are from Atlanta and don't live there anymore. Um, Because now, you know, I mean, obviously Atlanta is changing. It's different every single time I come home. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, every year, like there's new restaurants, there's new venues, there's this, that. Um, But everyone who is outside of Atlanta or has moved outside and, you know, probably only come home for holidays and to see family and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. they really like to wear this stuff in other places. Yeah. So the interesting, yeah. Yeah. And it's been interesting to see, you know, I'll, I'll see a name of a city or a town that I haven't sold to before. And then like two weeks later, I'll see like two more from there. (laughs) And then all of a sudden it'll just kind of start to steamroll. Um, and then, you know, just start to, I get random DMS all the time of, you know, I was in Nashville. I saw this, or I'm in San Francisco and you know, this really resonates with me because I moved to the West coast and I see your West coast stuff, but also like, you know, I relate back to this Atlanta stuff and whatever, you know, I mean, it's just been interesting to see that community for sure. And I mean, that's, I owe, you know, everything to the people who are sharing that stuff Mm -hmm. for me because you know, they're out there being flag bearers for me and, you know, telling those people where to go. It feels like, at some point you may have a bit of a crossroads because you have this um, kind of core content that you're basing shirts around. Um, 
But then at the same time, you got to think about, you know, growth and where you're going to take the business. Sure. Is that something that, that you think about or that weighs on you of, okay, do I branch out and do something a little different and expand the brand? Or do I just double down on what I've done well to this point and, and hope that there's enough of a market there that, that it allows the business to keep growing? I think it's maybe two things at the same time. Uh, definitely, you know, double down or Gary V triple down, you know, on whatever. Um, because this is going, you know, great, you know, in terms of that and, and how much I or haven't had to really put into marketing and some Facebook advertising or Instagram advertising, sponsor posts, whatever. Um, you know, I definitely think that it's just scratching the surface on what that in itself can do. Sure. And that's kind of how the brand has changed over time is that there is t-shirts that stay on the site at all times because now I'm able to print those on demand since I have my own press I was able to you know through this whole thing kind of start putting money away and being able to buy that I sort of piecemealed my print shop together I bought a dryer I bought you know a printing press you know screens etc etc but also like and I had this conversation with somebody today is like I do start to feel a disconnect and I don't think that's the thing about the, the content that I do for Atlanta. Um, you know, I'm not making a Beltline shirt because the Beltline really wasn't anything when I was here and, you know, yeah. I'm not, um, you know, touching on some of these new things. I think sometimes I just try and touch on either things that I knew about growing up or things that I think are kind of like a little bit more timeless, um, which again, like I try and stay away from the flash in the pan type stuff because again, it's so hard not only to capture that, but also given the fact that it's not an Amazon prime, you know, overnight thing, like I don't want that to go away. Um, but the other thing is as I start to do, I think it'll probably just be another brand altogether. Hmm. Um, and you know, it's, the people who are interested in the content that it's I'm putting out right now with Coast to Coast Tees, um, not that they'll get bored if I start to do some other stuff, but you know, it, it might just have to be, you know, if it's some West Coast stuff, it's definitely not going to be like, you know, now I'm a West Coast fan of some sort <laughs> and whatever else. I'm obviously yeah. a, a Falcons, Braves, uh, Georgia fan. Sure. Um, so if there's going to be some other stuff, it may be, um, a collaborative brand with somebody else or, you know, a brand with my wife or something like that, which is why I'm just kind of, as I go along, trying to learn new techniques, uh, new things about different apparel and whatever else. So that, you know, even if it's not a clothing company, you know, hopefully at some point somebody comes to me and says, Hey, we have all these great ideas. Um, and you know, not just how do we do this, but like, can you help us do this? Yeah. And whether that's like a consulting thing, or you know, just kind of giving them some feedback, or maybe even doing some small runs of prints for people, um, I'm kind of keeping it open. And I've started sure. to have those opportunities. We have a brewery right next door to us in Los Angeles, which is wonderful to have like right out the back door. <laughs> um, I eat a lot of dinner at their food trucks and I drink a lot of their beer. Um, but they offered an opportunity earlier this year to do a design with them and design a can of beer and do a launch with them. And like, that was the first time that I've ever really kind of done like in-person stuff like that yeah. or branched out and done just kind of I hate to use the word creative director or something like that because I had nothing to do with the beer. I was just there when they brewed it. Um, (laughs) But kind of like, you know, doing that marketing aspect of it and, you know, kind of giving them, I won't call it guerrilla marketing, but, you know, just something a little bit different than what they would normally do. 
Super Bowl 51 may have been the first big break for Coast to Coast, but it wasn't the last one centered around the city's sports culture. A prominent athlete caught wind of Brian's brand, and he just so happened to be yet another Atlanta native looking to prop up ATL culture. I guess it was spring training of last year, right before spring training. He had bought a shirt uh, for Brandon Phillips. Um, he bought uh, that uh, gator belt shirt, yeah. um, you know, so fresh <laughs> and so clean. Um, and so you see, when I see his name, you know, on uh, an order or whatever, obviously there's probably very few Dansby Swansons out there. <laughs> and then also when I saw Brandon Phillips, I'm like, okay, this is pretty sweet. Yeah. And like, I mean, obviously, like, screenshot it and send it to some of my friends being like, man, like, this is ridiculous. Um, Because it was just one of those, like, cool moments. Right. Um, And uh, I guess maybe, like, six weeks after that happened, he reached out to me um, and kind of, like, he threw out the idea of what he was thinking. And And I generally get, like, DMs that are like, I got a great idea for a shirt. And then people throw it out. And most times I'm like, okay, if you, that sounds cool. If you make that shirt, I'll be the first person to buy it. Mm. Like I'll definitely support you if you want to go down that road or whatever yeah. else. So he DM me and was like, hey, I have an idea. And I was like, damn, like how am I going to tell Dansby Swanson <laughs> no to an idea? Um, but it ended up being a great one. I yeah. mean, it, it was a uh, so obviously the idea was, um, you know, for each of those Friday night home games um, that he was going to have an Atlanta themed shirt and. Um, you know, he wanted me to do some of the designs on it and stuff like that. And so, I mean, we were complete strangers when he first reached out to me Mm -hmm. and then I think we hopped on a call and I was just like, Hey, you know, I think we could save three hours of emails if we can spend 20 minutes on the phone. I think probably spent like an hour and a half on the phone the first time, just kind of talking through ideas and whatever. Um, so I did that for maybe like the first like four or maybe five weeks of the program. And then he had some friends here that wanted to be a part of it and that he wanted to be a part of it. And, um, it just becomes a little bit of a difficult workspace, especially when I'm just a one man show when it was him and I going back and forth on it, it was a little bit easier. And, you know, obviously this became their baby and they're, you know, still doing a lot of stuff with it. Um, and they, you know, continued on and, but those were, I mean, some of the coolest moments. I think that was the first time that my parents like not stopped worrying about it, but it was the first moment where they were like, people actually like your stuff. I'm like, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I guess so. Um, and so, you know, for him to be a professional athlete and even, you know, being 10 years younger than I am, it's like, Hmm. it's weird that the validation came from a 24 year old to my parents, (laughs) but you know, it was, it was something cool to do. Um, and I mean, I had a blast doing it. I still talk to him all the time and you know, we, I, I think I gained a friend out of it. Um, and that was the thing is like, you know, some of the stuff that was rolling out, like, I don't think people, not that they weren't anticipating it, but, you know, now the Braves have, this year they're talking about rolling out, like, a, a Tuesday t-shirt day or something yeah. like that, and, like, I mean, we kind of paved the way for yeah. that, or, like, yeah. at least that idea, and I think, but it just touched on, um, you know, the concepts were great, and, and uh, like, the, and I, some of the ideas that he had were great, and I think when the two of us came together, and it was, you know, a little bit of back and forth and whatever that we came up with some stuff that like really ended up working out. Um, and like, you know, the varsity was like unbelievable on that. You know, they were just like, you know, here's, here's all of our Adobe illustrator files, like make some stuff. And at that point, I mean, I told him, you know, and, and I had known, um, the girl whose family owns the varsity and we hadn't spoken in years. I had met her 
years back when I was in Atlanta and we ended up like being on a phone conversation and I was like, I think we're Facebook friends. She was like, yeah. And, um, but th- I mean, they were super on board with it and that's where, you know, just kind of back and forth with Dansby. I was just like, you know, based on what I think, like go down to the varsity, you know, just go down there and pop in and like, don't really tell people that you're going because then people are going to be disappointed if they wait in like an hour line to right. meet you or something like that. But I mean, he went down there and they got photos of the t-shirts at the varsity they met, you know, the folks who own the varsity. He got behind the counter and was working and whatever else. And I mean, nice. it was just yeah. a very cool experience and a cool experience for him too. Right. Um, you know, just to get genuine reaction and like happiness from people. And I mean, I think that that's the great thing about the program they have going is he's, you know, trying to do something for the community and give some stuff back. Sure. Um, while at the same time, you know, I, I think that that idea of you know giving people something but then also taking part of that and giving it back is a great idea are you still working a a separate full-time job no so the this was the first full year of just this was 2018 okay so all last calendar year thank you um and then the year before i had quit my job in August because I was driving back and forth from Phoenix at that point. Um, and that's when I started listening to, unfortunately, Gary V it's not unfortunate. I'm I'm, I'm I'm all about it. I'm just not about it in terms of like, I think a lot of people are listening to it and, um, the next day listening to it again and being like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then listening to it again. And just like at one point, like, I think I just, especially during those drives to Phoenix between that and then how I built this, um, I was just like binging episodes and there was a specific episode, uh, with the, the girl from Spanx, uh, her name escapes me, Sarah Blakely. Yep. And she talked about like the first From account. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and she had talked about getting her own, uh, patent, which she put together at like a Barnes and Noble down by Georgia tech or like something like that. And yeah. I was like, all right, this is cool. And then as the story went on and she got like her first buyer, I just remember just being like, so stoked. It was like tears of joy, like so happy that like I'm listening to this and whatever. And that's when I had talked to my wife and she was nice enough to be like, okay, yeah, if you're going to take the jump, like you can, cause she had made the jump on her business as well. So she had a, wow. yeah. um, you know, she had the garage before I did. And then her <laughs> side hustle became the full-time thing. And then yeah. I moved into the garage and then my side hustle became a full-time thing. Yeah. So like, I mean, it's definitely, uh, it's, it's been good so far. You know, <laughs> and, and for the, the, the future, I honestly don't know. Um, and that's, you know, it used to be, it it was just everything is changing daily I feel like you know and it's like one of those things that you know obviously working with Dansby was great exposure for me um you know I had an influx of followers from him and you know then it just became you know known that I was doing some stuff to people that I hadn't seen um but I'm just kind of a big advocate of you know slow and steady growth you know I know that this day and age like it's great to have something that explodes overnight and you go from you know, making a hundred thousand dollars to like a million dollars in a year and whatever. But especially like when you're making a product, it's hard to do that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's hard to say, you know, if, if, if somebody posts something online who has a million followers and all of a sudden, you know, that could be a life changer. And that's the thing now, you know, right. especially with the internet, there's definitely some negative sides to it. There's some positive side, or there's obviously positive sides to it too. Um, and one, one piece of content, one post, one whatever can kind of change the direction of everything. Yeah. 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 So, um, if it continues to be this brand, great. 
you know, um, as long as people are supporting it and as long as I feel like I'm staying true to what I'm trying to do, Mm -hmm. then, you know, I'm down to do it for as long as people will allow me. Um, but you know, I'm just trying to do different things, you know, um, different designs, different printing techniques. Um, and again, that's not to take away from any other small business that's especially any other small apparel company that's being, you know, successful and whatever else. But for the most part, I try almost to not follow those accounts and see Mm -hmm. some of that stuff because I feel like it can like subconsciously influence influence what you're doing. Um, So, you know, sometimes like, uh, you know, I've I've put out like puff prints this year is like a thing that I've started to do. Um, And it's just like a, it's that old school, like 1990s, like Disney type, you know, puff print that, (laughs) you know, becomes 3D on the shirt. And like, you know, I, I never thought that a fluorescent pink, puff shirt would do well and it's like but I wanted it for myself and so I threw it out there and I mean surprisingly that did great so you know it's kind of one of those things where it's like it's not crowdsourcing but it certainly is to a certain extent you know if if I put something out and it gets really nothing like I might make that quietly for myself or you know make 10 extras for friends and family or something like that but like really I do try and just throw out original ideas that I have and then see if you know, there's a market for it. The community in Atlanta, as well as the ATLians who are all over the United States at this point in time are just huge advocates, huge supporters and whatever. And I mean, you know, tagging me in photos, tagging me in stories and whatever else. And I think people really like to see that, you know, they like to, they like to share stuff and then they like to have it shared and whatever. And that's the thing now, if you post something and you tag me in it or you post a story like I'll probably ask most of the time before I really throw it on like the main page but if it's a story thing and whatever else like I'm gonna share it because that's what it is you know it's really just a community that has kind of um you know allowed me to quit the nine to five you know and do that and so um you know uh, the support has been wonderful so far absolutely Brian says he and his bride are happy right now in California, but he wouldn't close the door on a return to Atlanta. Judging by the number of his t-shirts we've seen at local events, I think it's safe to say Coast to Coast Tees would be welcomed back with open arms. You can find Brian and Coast to Coast Tees at their website, www.c2ctees.com. That's C, the number two, the letter C, T-E-E-S.com or follow them on social media at C2CTs. Atlanta Born and Brand is a production of Connects Media. We're a full-service digital media production company focused on helping small businesses tell their story in the most effective way they can. If you're looking to tell the story of your business, we'd love to help. You can find us at ConnectsATL.com. Special thanks go out to Chris Hilliard, Joshua Pruitt, and our families who make it all possible. Stay tuned to the show for more stories from the city's top startups and small businessmen and women. You can do that by subscribing in Apple Podcasts or wherever else you might happen to be listening. If you like the show, we'd really appreciate a review and a rating. And of course, share it with your friends. Keep up with the show on social media. We're at ATL Born Brand on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also like our Atlanta Born and Brand Facebook page. Finally, you can find all the previous episodes of the show on our website, atlborn.com. Hopefully you noticed that this week, our credits music is from a local artist right here in Atlanta. 
we are happy to present Rashawn's single, Pray For This, off his debut mixtape, No Previews. For Atlanta Born and Brand and Connects Media, I'm Jonathan Hilliard. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see y'all soon. Remember, I would pray for this. My whole lifetime, I couldn't wait for this. Now I know what patience is. Knew from the start, I was paid for this, right? I remember, I would pray for this. Spent my whole lifetime trying to wait on.